హలో అండ్ వెల్కమ్ టు ప్రైమ్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ ఎపిసోడ్ నైన్ ఫ్రమ్ అవర్ ప్రైమ్ ఇన్వెస్టర్ ఐఎమ్ శ్రీకాంత్ మీనాక్షి అండ్ ఐఎమ్ జాయిన్ బై విద్యాబాల హలో వీ హ్యావ్ అ లాడ్ ఆఫ్ గ్రౌండ్ టు కవర్ టుడే విద్యా సో లెట్స్ జస్ట్ గెట్ స్టార్టెడ్ రైట్ ఆఫ్ ది బ్యాట్ విత్ హెడ్ లైన్స్ ఫ్రమ్ ద పాస్ట్ ఫోర్ నైట్ హియర్స్ విద్యా Yes. So the top headlines for the past fortnight uh, was that India is going to be included in JP Morgan's Emerging Market Debt Index. This is a news that, uh, you know, that was an impending news that was doing the rounds for almost two years now and it is going to become a reality. So what this means is that Indian government bonds will be included in the GBI-EM index of JP Morgan and the entire suite. which is benchmarked uh, by approximately 236 billion dollars in global funds according to JP Morgan this move is uh, uh, supposed to have significant implications for indian economy and global investors because it's going to pave the way for inflows worth billions of dollars into our economy and uh, this is also significant because it's not some small weight that's going to you know be allo- allocated to india So India's weight is expected to reach a maximum threshold of 10% in the GBIEM Global Diversified Index and about 8.7% in the GBIEM Global Index. This process of inclusion of course is going to commence only on June 28, 2024 and uh, will span a duration of 10 months. It will not be uh, done in, you know in one shot. So incrementally there will be a 1% increase in India's index weighting and it will ultimately reach about 10% um, as stated by jp morgan uh so with you you said it's significant uh, you know several times but what are the real implications for the indian bond market and the uh, broader economy because of this inclusion yes uh, shrikant so the biggest thing is that we are going to have lot of global investors investing in indian bonds the reason being that an indian bond when uh, added to a key global benchmark will become part of the portfolio weight that many institutional investors start allocating. So what this will mean is that as more and more people invest, our yields should come down. And this essentially means that the base rate, you know, the normal rate for India could undergo a change. And um, this also basically means, like I said, a lot of passive foreign funding will come into India, those that invest in bonds, etc. And in the medium term, or maybe over a course of 5 years or so this could even reduce the cost of funding for us because ultimately all our um, you know cost of borrowing gets benchmarked the yield gets benchmarked to the risk free rate which is the government rate and if those come down the rest of the cost of borrowing can be expected to come down the other big positive is that uh, you know uh, there's going to be a lot of dollar flow into the country because there're going to be a lot of foreign investors just like in the equity market fpis came and uh, you know our uh, dollar reserve significantly went up you're going to have a lot of uh, those happening and in a way it's you know it's it's a positive for uh, the entire financial sector including banks and bfcs etc uh the other uh, thing is that the inclusion of indian bonds uh, could also encourage investors institutional investors to invest in other bonds in the country um and just a point of note uh, we have written about this arthi has written about this uh, in our uh, you know on primeminister.in today so please read that article uh, it's very very informative exactly so the article basically uh, you know will tell you what it means to you as a retail investor for example exactly. one of the things uh, you know that it talks about is 
uh, people wait for this magical 8% yields to lock into G6. Uh, henceforth, once this happens, you know, yields may not even touch that. Yields may top out at, say, 7, 7.5. So that means you cannot wait too long. You might miss opportunities if you wait long. Read the article for uh, more such implications. And uh, over a course, over the, you know, next month, we are going to have our monetary policy. We'll discuss how you should, um, you know, tackle the bond market from here on. Another big global news is that crude oil price has been climbing up. Crude oil prices touched their 10-month high last week, boosted by tight supply outlook amid prospects of healthy demand, especially because uh, China's, China's activities also seems to be going up. The benchmark Brent crude traded $93 a barrel mark last week but slipped to under 92 and is back to 93 as we speak. Of course, India is the third largest consuming uh, crude oil uh, nation and it imports a significant amount that's about 80% of our total oil consumption is, uh, you know, through imports. And if crude oil prices rise, it will definitely put pressure on our fiscal maths. Uh, our current account deficit can widen and, uh, you know, it can cause a weakening of the currency or inflation can shoot up. So all of these risks now, you know, uh, I wonder how the market is going to take it. But at the same time, Vidya, um, the counter to, you know, the, 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 the alarmistic uh, uh, message here is that uh, rating agency CARE uh, underscored that historical trends of the past two decades show that crude oil prices have failed to sustain over $90 a barrel threshold for a long time unless, you know, there is a major conflict or a war or something like that. Um, what they are saying is, to quote them, even in cases where there is an overshoot in international crude oil prices, historical trends suggest that corrections are likely to follow. Given the circumstances, Brent crude will likely maintain an average range, It's this is what they are saying, between $87 and $92 a barrel uh, for the remainder of the financial year unless, you know, of course, unforeseen uh, risk, uh, uh, tail risks material. So, yeah, there are two sides to the equation. Absolutely, Shrikant. And we hope what care ratings said uh, transpires because that's better for us. As it is, we are going to, uh, you know, have a very volatile uh, year ahead marked by elections and we don't want um, uh, too much risks to the economy. The other big story uh, was a sell-off in mid-caps and small caps um, a week before last, triggered by uh, domestic brokerage uh, firm Kotak Institutional Securities uh, report. The report said um, that the firm was withdrawing its coverage of mid- and small-cap stocks and this resulted in the small-cap index falling by 4% and mid-cap index by 3%. Of course, the brokerage later clarified that it wasn't really stopping coverage, but, you know, it didn't want to recommend these stocks for now. Um, its data, in fact, points out that, um, you know, although only 25% mid-cap stocks out of the mid-cap 100 index have seen more than 50% rise in the last six months, over 50% of small cap stocks have seen significant rise. Now, this is indeed something to be concerned about because the rally in small cap stocks has been very swift. In this regard, um, you know, we thought uh, we should uh, basically put out a detailed report on what role mid and small cap stocks and even funds should play in your, um, you know, portfolio. How do you know something is over overvalued and how do you manage your portfolio? Please um, read this. Um, this is available in uh, our Prime Minister's website and is available for all our uh, subscribers. On the macroeconomic front, government data suggests that household savings has dropped. Net financial savings of households is the lowest in decades, reaching 5.1% of um, 
GDP in financial year 2023 compared to 7.2% in financial year 2022, according to data from RBA. The primary cause of decrease in savings and increased borrowings is likely the combination of uh, stagnant and declined household incomes. In fact, you know, partly due to COVID and all that, and also due to the rising inflation that we uh, faced over the past year. Um, so thanks, Vidya. Those are the uh, those were the main uh, headline grabbing news from the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, let's go to the main um, discussion, or shall we say, debate <laughs> for this uh, episode. I mean, you are talking about the uh, you know decline in savings rate. Um, that was from a RBI report, but there is a recent uh, Marcellus article, uh, article from Marcellus uh, uh, Group talking about how Indian women have more money than uh, men, that they are saving more, they have more uh, in deposits, especially metro uh, women. Uh, do you think uh, women are going to be the knight in shining armor for the Indian savings rate? I mean, basically what I'm trying to ask is, uh, having read the report, I mean, you can briefly recap the report. Does this mean that women in India... Uh, metro in metro cities, uh, however they wanted to classify it, are either earning more or are they really taking charge of their finances? Uh, how do you see that uh, from right. after having read the report? Right. So this report basically talks about urban women uh, having more money as deposit balance than urban men. Now, uh, I think, Shrikant, this is counter to Many of the things that we see in uh, reality, the easiest argument, and I'll say why, but before that, the easiest argument is that we all know that most men invest in their wife's name. And if you just Google, um, you know, the top searches for this, you will see that the reason is saving tax. Many of them, you know, uh, invest in the spouse's name to reduce their own tax burden because the spouse may not fall in the tax net or is in a lower tax net. Now, this to my mind is one of the primary reasons, according to me, on why there is even high balance in the woman's name, right? And uh, earning more, um, uh, again, uh, I also read this uh, Marcellus uh, blog. Uh, the uh, data, some of the data there actually is quite alarming. I mean, if you uh, take, uh, you know, um, the uh, data on um, uh, global, uh, you know, women uh, participation in workforce, it has declined steadily over the past two decades and that is quite concerning. So we are talking of a period where, you know, uh, from, um, you know, this is the data from labor force uh, participation rate is, uh, you know, is the data that we are talking of. We are talking of from 1990s uh, where it was about, uh, you know, 28% and it peaked at around 31% in 2001 or so. And, uh, you know, it fell really badly around 2018 and uh, around 24% uh, in 2022. So this data really doesn't say that there are more, uh, more women participating in workforce. And uh, interestingly, as far as India is concerned, post-COVID World Bank had come out with a report. I remember, uh, you know, reading this report um, then uh, that, um, you know, female workforce in India declined to 9% since uh, COVID, uh, COVID pandemic. I mean, uh, it, by 9%. So the number of working women in India dropped from 26% to 19%. Again, this is alarming data. Now, all of this, you know, don't really gel with 
the data that we are seeing that women are having higher deposit balance, even if it is urban women, right? And the very same report uh, still talks of a 28% gap in earnings between men and women. It fa in fact, it has come down. It was over 50% earlier and it has come down to about 28%. But that's still a yawning gap, right? So all of these, uh, you know, go counter to what this statement says that women are earning, uh, you know, uh, I mean, women have more uh, higher deposit balance. The one thing I think the reason why, uh, you know, uh, this data is out there is uh, this entire report is to support uh, Marcellus. I mean, Marcellus is a, you know, investing firm. So it supports its thesis about women's spending and the areas in consumption where you can participate for women's spending. Now, that's a very separate topic to talk about. But having deposit balance, etc. is about investing or taking charge of finance. So I don't think any of the data there in that report, nor, you know, um, our uh, own understanding from other data that we see um, points to this. Uh, so that's, a, that's an interesting and uh, counter narrative or counter data perspective, uh, Vidya. But let's try and zoom out a little bit and, you know, uh, you know, the Marcellus report says what it says and it has its own thesis and they are trying to address that thesis. So, but let's look at, uh, uh, you know, uh, take a step back and look at women in finance. Uh, I like to, you know, structure uh, things and look at it in a structured way. And when I was thinking about this, uh, this a, a, a kind of, uh, you, you can say pyramid-like structure uh, evolved in my mind. And you please tell me whether this approach or this structure is uh, appropriate. What uh, uh, the way I would think is, you know, there are three levels um, of uh, women and finances or anybody and, and, and finances. One is access, whether they have, whether women have limited or full access to the money in the household. The second is visibility, whether they have limited or full visibility to the um, finances of the household, everything, I mean, if you say that, you know, the net worth of a family is X uh, lakh or X crore dollar rupees, uh, do the women in the household or the woman in the uh, in, a, in a nuclear household have full visibility to where all uh, that money is? And the third, of course, is the ability to control or manage where that money goes and uh, how the money is budgeted, spent, saved, invested, etc. Kind of having a hands-on management ability. So, access for spending, visibility of where the money is, and ability to manage are the three levels in which I see, uh, you know, uh, uh, women and finance, uh, you know, uh, you, you can structure how women, how much women are involved in uh, household uh, finance. Do you agree with this uh, structure slash classification? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, Shrikant. I think you have kind of very holistically put the entire uh, gamut of, um, uh, you know, uh, household finance in terms of both spending and uh, investing. It's uh, applicable to both, um, you know, uh, uh, male and female, whoever is uh, participating in the household finance. But... Uh, let me just try and go into each of these components that uh, you have uh, mentioned and let's see if, uh, you know, 
where things are really going wrong, you know, um, and that's where the uh, problem arises. Ultimately, when we talk about uh, seeing higher deposit balance and making a lot of assumptions, we need to understand where actually the issue lies. Um, we You spoke about, um, you know, access to, you know, the money, right? Access to money is basically being able to spend. So when it comes to spending for regular household expenses, uh, most of the time, uh, women, um, rather than, I uh, say, having access to money, they are given a certain sum to execute, I mean, to run the household, right? So there is access, but that is not access taken, that's something that is given. That is right. kind of limited access. Limited access to, uh, you know, for a specific purpose. Correct. And then when it comes to spending on self, you know, I think there is still, whether it is rural or urban, even when a woman is working, I think there is still limited or very restricted access to where they spend. For example, a man will not ask permission or, uh, you know, let his wife know that he is going to make this big uh, purchase on some, uh, uh, you know, expensive mobile gadget or, you know, some uh, gaming, uh, new gaming thing that uh, they want to buy. But uh, that's not the case with a woman. If a woman has to, you know, uh, make a big ticket purchase, there is no way that she has free access to money. And um, uh, more often than not, it is not just budgeted. Uh, it is kind of decided on what she or, uh, you know, she should be buying in the first place. So I think um, there, uh, spending on self is a bit, uh, quite a big, uh, you know, there is quite a big restriction. Uh, when they forget the gadgets, it could be anything, right? Anything of their liking, they you know want to go uh, out, uh, you know, on a trip with their friends, or it could be uh, it involves spending. It could be a spa, anything. So I think there is uh, largely it has to come to the notice of the woman, and even if the woman is able to make a decision, it's almost like the man has to ratify it. You know that kind of uh, approach is there. The Second thing that you uh, spoke of, visibility of money, I'm assuming, Shrikant, you mean that the woman knows where the household's money is kept or invested. Correct. Right? So, um, basically, you know, the house, have, you know, the as a family, you are invested in deposits, you are invested in mutual funds, or you have taken, uh, insured uh, a life uh, through an insurance and so on. All of this is visibility. I think here, the Indian household entirely fails. Um, in terms of um, keeping uh, their spouse, the woman and the women in the family aware about where their money lies. Most women don't even know that, you know, their husbands have, uh, you know, have bought a land or two. They don't know uh, that there is a term insurance. Let me just narrate a very sad, uh, you know, event. A friend's uh, sister's husband, he was in early 30s, passed away suddenly, uh, you know, due to a, a massive stroke. And uh, this lady was educated. She was a postgraduate. She had a, a young child. She had absolutely no knowledge of what money, what investments he had, what insurance he had, what loans, if any, he had taken. None of this. It was not written anywhere. Uh, whatever they could, with the help of friends, they tried to salvage from um, some papers that they could find and make some claims. And uh, uh, it was uh, largely thought even by his friends that uh, many of the things were missed because there was no trace of uh, what was done. They do know that he had saved, but there were no trace of what he had done. Now, this is the real state of affairs in Indian households today. A few try to, you know, kind of uh, keep their spouses informed, uh, but uh, in, in a, you know, kind of a very limited uh, way. Because oftentimes it is 
you know you which is like questioning if uh, it is often believed that if a woman knows uh, she might question on you know the correctness of such a decision and therefore it's not even told is my understanding of this so if there is very limited visibility uh, shrikant where is the question of managing the money i don't even know first of all where the money lies and what do you expect me to do uh, check if uh, you know this uh, particular mutual funds are doing well or when the deposit is maturing and so on how do you even go about doing that right i uh, just want to uh, clarify one thing i mean we are uh, uh, talking in a generalized sense based on uh, you know our experiences obviously the audience uh, to this podcast might be might disagree with uh, some of the things that we are uh, saying here uh, with respect to their own households and if that is the case you know kudos congratulations and good job well done and uh, what i would like for people to do who think that you know this is not uh, something that is happening in their household please talk to your friends your colleagues and make sure that that is not uh, happening there uh, as well and they that their spouses have visibility that their spouses have uh, uh some ability to manage and learn uh fiscal prudence and learn fiscal management and uh, so on so you know that is one thing that we can uh, try to do even if you are in a in a good place in this regard so shrikant you spoke about you know um uh, people keeping uh, some of our own audiences here keeping their spouses or family members informed uh, but in general for those who don't know how to go about doing this in a simple manner see not every woman will be may be interested in you know um taking charge of the finances she's exactly. already running the house she's probably having a job taking care of the kids but um, at least the knowledge of where the money lies how do you think uh, you know i'm sure you would have done it no doubt and how do you yeah. think people can go about doing this absolutely i mean right now there are very crude methods of doing it i am following a crude method um, i have a, a google sheet uh, and a google doc and uh, you know where uh, uh, different uh, sources of money are there and you know it's listed and it is a shared document that uh, you know i have walked uh, my spouse through and all that stuff so that is uh, that is one crude way in which one can uh, uh, one can share information with spouse and at least annually once do a walk through of the household finances in terms of uh, where where monies are and uh, uh, how to get access to those monies in case of some unfortunate uh, uh, event like uh, what we just spoke about earlier but things are changing for the better and hopefully within a year or two uh, even now it is there but within a year uh, or so we'll have a better account aggregator framework in india where one can get a full view of the uh, household finances in a single platform through a single uh, login id otp whatever mechanism if and when that happens it's not a question of if it it's a question of when when that happens i would encourage all you know uh, all the people who are running the household finances be it the uh, you know uh, husband or wife to share with their spouse as to what that you know account aggregator login is so that you know they will have a good amount of visibility constant visibility continuous visibility to where the monies are and of course this might not include real estate but still it will include all the financial assets that are being that are being held in the uh, household this will definitely help in terms of sharing information about 
and giving visibility to women about household finances when that uh, uh, transpires. Right, uh, Shrikant. So you spoke about small tips that can, you know, uh, in fact, uh, myself and my husband uh, follow most of this, um, you know, in a way, uh, uh, but we keep our finances independent. I'll speak about that a while later. But um, this is for uh, visibility, right? But when it comes to managing finance, uh, leave the part that where women may be reluctant to do, but what are the apprehensions with men? Why, uh, in your view, aren't men so comfortable allowing their wives uh, to know more about uh, where the money is being invested? Not being comfortable with, uh, you know, their wives, uh, uh, you know, wanting to take some control of uh, the investments in the family. What really uh, is bothering them? Uh, I would say... A couple of things and uh, both of both of these things are going to sound uh, uh, you know uh, rather misogynistic but you know I'm, I'm just saying my perception on why that is happening one uh, you know a, a man sees himself as a, as a protector in the family as a you know as a guardian of the finances and uh, uh, things that you know it's it's he need not worry the wife or well, the woman in the household uh, about the about the finances and especially in situations where there is a debt involved and things like that they don't want to put put it quote unquote as a burden on the uh, woman so you know that is one possible reason and that is a significant reason i would say the second reason in in the, if it is not a case of debt uh, men simply don't think that women can understand money management and uh, they think they don't have the patience to explain it to uh, their their wife and they think that, you know, if they don't understand, they're going to ask, start asking too many questions and it's going to become a headache down the line and all that stuff. And uh, uh, so those are, the, those are the two reasons, you know, one either about, um, uh, either about feeling that they don't need to burden. And the second about, you know, uh, saying that, you know, they might not understand what I'm doing. So, you know, why bother them with it? These are the reasons why men don't uh, share typically. I think both of them are, uh, both the reasons are either invalid or wrong. But, you know, typically that's what happens. Right. Um, so when uh, you said about, um, you know, you spoke about worrying the, um, you know, spouse uh, too much. I think that may be partly true when it comes to debt. But there again, I don't think it's about worry. It's about being chided. The man knows sometimes exactly. he is wrong, that he has exactly. made a wrong decisions and he does not want to expose it to his wife oftentimes. Correct. I mean, take cryptocurrency. How many exactly. men even told, uh, you know, their spouses that they were playing around with cryptos and lost a lot of money, Right. So I think it's not so much about the concern, but more about being exposed uh, Fear their, yeah, <laughs> of their stupidities too. I mean, look, people can make wrong decisions, whether it's a male or a female. A woman can take charge and uh, make wrong decisions in investments and so also the male, right? So uh, the problem is that, you know, when we, I mean, I'm just speaking this for, uh, you know, women, it's not so much about men. Unfortunately, we are in a position where we need to demonstrate that we can. That should not be the case. But very unfortunately, that's the case. We need to demonstrate that we will be able to handle money. We need to demonstrate that 
we don't get anxious and we can handle you know situations better but um, and i think there are um, you know a few things that we can do to lay that foundation i mean in my own life ashrikant that's how i approached it um there are things that we do that will automatically signal to people that he, she is on her own and she can handle herself uh, quite well right the simplest thing to me when i started is to continue to have my own account my bank account you know uh, you could have a separate joint account but if you had a separate savings account continue to have it why why should you always you know see the moment you hand over you put a joint account you want to hand over the responsibility to the you know male in the family that need not be the case the investments you made this far you don't have to remove them all and again you know try to make them joint investments it's not necessary please continue to have um, your own accounts uh, your own investments in your own name and um, in my view you don't have to hand over all your earnings entirely for your parents and spouse uh, to manage right of course you should contribute to the common pool and uh, you should learn to manage the rest you don't need your uh, dad to be doing the uh, you know insurance payments and you don't need your dad to be opening the you know uh, online platform account and you could well do it i mean all of us can do it anything that's the only way that you can demonstrate i mean you can ask them you can ask them where to invest that's perfectly fine but why don't you handle it yourself as been a grouse that i've had for uh, very long with many of my friends right and if you are unable to and you know you have become a full fledged career woman you're earning well get the service of an advisor right often times uh, you know we don't want to be listening to the gyan given at home uh, i mean the spouse doesn't want to because uh, he thinks uh, you know that uh, it's too much effort and we don't want to be listening because uh, we don't want to be uh, in a position uh, where we get gyan right so why don't you get an advisor and learn the basics everything is available online you know that's the only way i mean even if what shrikan says becomes true in terms of having visibility to money you first handle your own money has been my general mantra i'm sure even if you're uh, you know a, a woman is a homemaker she has some savings in some form no doubt about it money that her parents gave or the money she had when she worked in her initial part of her life or the money that she received as gifts etc there's always money that you can handle in my opinion i think that is the only way uh, to demonstrate that we can so that you know and come up to a position where you know we can actually see through the mistakes of men too <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean uh, there are other studies that suggest that uh, you know women might have a better temperament for uh, managing money and have better you know uh patients in the market and all that stuff those are probably you know statistical uh, uh uh points that are uh, that may or may not be true but nevertheless um the need for uh, women to have not just minimal access but access to uh you know a uh, uh, full visibility to where the money is and start managing money is definitely uh, required if i had said all this it would have been considered mansplaining so a uh, thank you for uh, saying all this vidya um go ahead yeah so uh, shrikant i mean to start with, we do know in our earlier platform too even the few women accounts were handled by men if you uh, remember it, it just to be you uh, you know the women's name lent for it and even now at uh, you know uh, prime investor we have very few women subscribers i mean prime investor is the ideal kind of place to actually 
get knowledge empower yourself right exactly. yeah. so i i wish you know uh, more uh, i mean if you're listening please gift to uh, the women uh, folks that you know please encourage them to you know read articles in our varsity etc it will be of immense use to kind of uh, build uh, and empower uh, their knowledge so um thank you vidya i think that uh, uh brings us to the close of uh, this episode more power to all the women out there uh this uh, episode was uh, produced by uh, garo garo menon and rahul matthews and uh, content uh, support was provided by bipin ramachandran this is srikant pinakshi and vidya bala signing off thank you prime investor financial research private limited with brand name primeinvestor.in is an independent research entity offering research services on personal finance products to customers we are a sebi registered research analyst with registration number inh 200008653 the discussions or recommendations if any made herein are an expression of views and or opinions and should not be deemed or construed to be advice for the purpose of purchase or sale of any security nor a solicitation or offering on any investment or trading opportunity Please make your own investment decisions based on your investment objective and financial position and using such independent advisors as you believe is necessary. Financial products discussed herein are subject to market risks. Read all scheme and security related documents carefully before investing.